Good morning, City Lights. It's great to be with you in your homes again. Uh, back at the warehouse, as you can see behind me, there's this incredible painting that some of the guys in the church, guys and girls in the church did, and it's, it's within our series, Lift Your Eyes. And we've had, we've been to different locations, I think four different locations over the past few weeks. It's been cool. Bruce and I have been getting up at 4, 4.30, getting there super early, the worship team super early, but we're doing something a little bit closer to home. And it's, it's gonna carry on the same theme of Lift Your Eyes, but really more into a vision season. And uh, we are coming on leading this church or having planted this church for 10 years now. That is just crazy. I cannot believe that at the end of January, 2021 we we celebrate our 10th year of leading city lights and we've seen many people come in and go and uh sent out job changes and uh, we've just seen god's faithfulness over all of this time and i just began to think um what are the the, the areas that we've operated worked in as a church that we're strong in where are we weak uh, where can we grow? And I just started to look at all these different areas. And, and the first thing that came up this week, and we're going to be doing a series over the next couple of weeks on the spiritual gifts. And it's such a key, important part of, of building a local church, everyone finding their part in a local church. And, uh, and there's other areas where we need to grow evangelism, spiritual, spiritual growth, all of these things. But uh, we're going to take a focus over the next couple of weeks to, to speak about spiritual gifts interview people. We're going to have different people speaking. I've got a friend from South Africa who's going to come in and talk. Well, not come in. He's going to talk from South Africa, send us the video. Uh, I've got a friend from uh, Southern California. He leads a church in San Diego. Um, and they've done incredible stuff. A lot of street evangelism, a lot of street prophecies. And, he's, and he knows the sensitivity of, of where we live, but he's going to come and uh, just teach and impart about using your spiritual gifts outside of the four walls, which is a better way of saying it, of the church. But before we get into this, let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for your word that, uh, that guides us and leads us and brings us into all truth. Father, your word says that if we are, if we are your disciples, we stay in your word. And Lord God, we, we want to stay in your word. We want to grow as much as we can by looking at what your word says about all these different subjects. And we ask, Father, that you'd be with us this morning in our homes and your presence would be with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the indwelling presence of the Trinity that lives inside of us. Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. So if you've attended some of our services or hopefully some of the community groups, you would have seen that, we've, that we operate within the spiritual gifts. And that can be from prophecy to healing to, uh, to, to speaking in tongues, which we'll get onto at some point, to serving this, to leadership, to all these different spiritual gifts, which you'll see in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and we'll be picking apart these different gifts, looking at it, and to show that we all have a place within the body of Christ to, to contribute, to find fulfillment. So let's just look in, the, in our Bibles at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, which is the kind of the go-to text around spiritual gifts and we'll jump in a few different places but I really just want to try lay a foundation from us to build on to over the next couple of weeks. Next week we're doing, uh, we're going to call it a round table interview but it's probably going to be a square table interview and it's going to be a bunch of people socially distanced and we're going to talk through the gifts, the experience of the gifts. So let's, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, it's amazing that Paul writes 
on how we should take the Lord's Supper, he, he addresses a whole bunch of things in, in Corinthians. And it goes, now, now concerning the spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led, led astray uh, by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. Key part is verse 7. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. And then it goes to list the different gifts, which we'll get onto. But I just want to look at two things there. It says that um, uh, I do not want you to be unaware, and some other versions say uninformed. And I think so often we don't walk into all the truths that God has for us because we're not informed about it. And uh, the gifts of God, the spiritual gifts of God, which I'll get onto the different meanings of, of them over the next couple of weeks, is something that God wants us to walk into. It's not for the spiritual elite. It's for every single follower of Jesus. We have the Spirit of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit, and we can see the manifestation of the Spirit of God for what? It says here, for the common good, which means it's for everyone. It's to bless the church, it's to build the church up. It's to, when we see all these different gifts working and it's, it's amazing to come in on a Friday when we are back together and you see all these diff, different gifts manifest. It looks different now in the season that we're on Zoom and we're online and hopefully that's gonna change in the next while, but we need to make the most of what we have even in this season of Zoom. So I just wrote a few things down. One of the things we're gonna learn over this time is we're gonna learn to discover our gifts, those of you who haven't walked into it or looking at it and you're like, man, I, that's, I'm not, that's, not, that's not my church background. Or some of you, it's about recovering the gift that's inside of you. Maybe some of you have walked in different gifts, whether it's teaching, leadership, prophecy, servant-heartedness, giving, whatever it is. It's about recovering and then rediscovering. And, uh, and I just want to read out of Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples, which are followers and apprentices of Jesus, of all nations. Baptizing, the word is there to immerse them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We have to teach people all three aspects of the, of the triune God. Teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So just a little bit about gifts. There's I think there's three kind of categories you can put gifts into. You have a natural gift. And a natural gift is, is genetics. It's something that was from your history. You, you're born with it. Uh, some are lean towards being super athletic. Uh, I'm watching my little boy, Rocco, and he's, he's loving kicking a ball. I'd love that. I'd say that he's got this, maybe he's got some crazy genetic gifting that came through his grandfathers because it's, I was okay at sport, like I've said so many times, but I was, wasn't this overachiever. Maybe Rocco's got it. Who knows? But there's a natural gift. There's some in our church that are naturally gifted uh, in, in art and in music. And I, for myself, I'm always naturally lent towards music. It was, it was something that I was given from God. It's a common grace gift given to me that I didn't, uh, I find easy. I find easy to, to play guitar. I find easy to pick up. And then you get people who have, are way more gifted than myself that even find it even easier and pick up even more. So there's different levels of even with gifting that God puts upon people's lives. Uh, then there's the acquired gift, and uh, that's it. That's the side that you study, you learn, it's through education, through experiences, 
and uh, it's like the 10,000 hour rule. So I think you've got to have your natural gift, but if, you, if you're at a certain level, you can practice it and you can, get, you can get to a better level at it. But then the final thing which the Bible teaches is the spiritual gift. And it's kind of different to the first two, that the first two is, is, is one is natural, the one is acquired, um, but the spiritual gift is divine given abilities that enables us to do ministry. It has nothing to do with your background, how good or bad you are at something. It's, it's a divine gifting from our Father in heaven. It has nothing to do with your pedigree, your status. It's, it's given, uh, the Bible says there's one baptism, which I'll speak about later. When you get saved into Christ, you come into one baptism, you get the Spirit of God inside of you. You get, you get the infilling of the Holy Spirit post that and many times after that. But you get given something upon coming to Jesus. And uh, if I had to think of my own life, um, I got saved into a church that practiced the gifts. And we really want this, uh, the practicing of the gifts in, in all of its entirety, all 21 gifts, to be manifest in City Lights. But I, I joined a church that was very prophetic, which means, for those of you new to church, it's, we gave prophetic words, we encouraged people with what God is saying about them. And that I got saved into that, and it almost just began to become this natural thing that bubbled out inside of me. And obviously I served with my natural gift that was through music, and I acquired other gifts. And um, we, we, that's where we saved into the body to contribute towards the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this, All these are work of the one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So, so we don't get to choose the spiritual gift we have. You, I think you discover it, you learn it, we'll read later that we must eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, so we can desire these things. But God will give gifts how he sees fit. He is, he is sovereign. He sees what the church needs and he sees what the different parts of the church needs to build up the church so the church can be strong and grow together. Saying that, we can all pray for the sick, have authority over demons. We can preach. We can prophesy. The Bible even says we must desire prophecy. And, uh, but you'll see over time, as you begin to ask God, seek his face, that there'll be certain gifts in your life that the Spirit manifests on in certain moments. That is a grace gift given to you by our Father in heaven, distributed by the Father in heaven. So you have gifts of the Spirit, and then in Galatians 2, you have the fruits of the Spirit. They are different, but they work together. So fruits of the Spirit come from abiding in Jesus. It's walking with Him. It's, it's us becoming like Him, and then eventually we start to manifest the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is a, a lifetime of working towards that. But the gifts of the Spirit is given to you, and we learn to, to discover it and grow in it. So just to give you a bit of a foundation, firstly, it all starts with Jesus. So this is probably my one point. And you can take down the scriptures if, if you have them, if you want to write them down. But it all starts with Jesus. Now, we had a plugged-in session uh, this past week, which really just, uh, we gave the vision and the values of who we are, the culture of who we are as a church. And it was amazing to see how many people had actually joined while we were at church online. Uh, some of you have got saved into this community, or maybe you come from a different church background. Uh, maybe you come from a church background where only what the pastor says is absolute truth or whatever it is. So I can't assume what background you come from. So I'm trying to bring this all together so we can learn what the Bible says about operating within the spiritual gifts under Jesus. And I love what John Wimber says, who was this incredible man of God in the 60s and 70s and was part of the Jesus movement and even into the 80s. And he wrote a book that says, 
everyone gets to play and everyone gets to participate. It's not for the, the special elites amongst us. It's, it's for every single follower of Jesus. So we're going to start with Jesus. In John 5, 19, it says this. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. And then in John 14, 12, Jesus blows our minds in this. He says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to my Father. And uh, immediately we have to start asking questions. If Jesus says this, I can only do what my, my Father's telling me to do, how did that work? And then Jesus says to us, you and I, followers of Jesus, that, that the body of Christ, we're going to do greater things that he did than he did. We have to start asking yourself questions, and I never really understood this text, and so I started to delve a bit deeper. So I think a foundational text around this is Philippians 2. And this was a song or a poem that was sung in the early church, incredible theology. It says, Philippians 2 verse 6, it says, obviously talking about Jesus, Paul writes, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus never, what's showing there is that Jesus never grasped onto his godness, if you want to call that. He, he, he let it go. He be, it says that he became a human. And I love what Eugene Peterson says in his message version. It says, when the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the, statues, the status of a slave, becoming human. Having becoming, become human, he stayed human. So we have Jesus who comes to the earth, who lives a perfect life, delivers people from darkness, walked with the Father without conflict, taught, loved, died, a death we all deserve, rises on the third day. But how did he do this? And I can tell you that the Bible does give us an answer in Luke 3 verse 21. What is the thing? How, how did Jesus live between, if you, want to, if you want to call it Christmas and Easter, from the moment he was born to the moment he died on the cross, rose again and was exalted to the highest place? How did he live on earth as a human, but yet still be able to fulfill the Father's will? And here I believe it tells you in Luke 3 verse 21. It says, um, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. There's a key part. Jesus becomes our model for us to follow. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And, the voice, uh, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. So I believe that Jesus was given the Spirit for two reasons. Firstly, to affirm his identity as a son as a part of the Trinity. Uh, we have that same spirit inside of us that, uh, that, uh, that affirms that we are sons of God, it says in Romans 8. And I believe that, secondly, that the Holy Spirit was given to Jesus to lead and empower him to do the Father's will. Now, if we start to think about that, we go back to Philippians 2, and it says that Jesus essentially emptied himself of his godliness so he can walk as a man empowered by the Spirit. Therefore, you and I, as followers of Jesus, 
empowered by the Spirit, get to do some of the things that Jesus did. There's obviously a list of what Jesus did that we'll never do. Scripture, rising from the dead on the third day, dying for our sins, all of that. That's, that's the God category. But we get to do ministry and we get to have a closeness with our Father. Or at least it's, it's attainable over time that Jesus had. So the third person of the Trinity empowered Jesus. Up to this point, uh, there's no recorded miracles of what Jesus did. There's, uh, there's, there's a moment where he goes to the temple and he's 12 years old and they were confounded by his wisdom. The, the teachers of the law were looking at this 12-year-old go, like, how does this guy know so much? And even there's a moment where the first miracle that, that, that is recorded and it happens in John and, and it's Jesus turning water into wine. As his mom approaches him, he, he says to his mom, Mary, listen, I'm, this is not my time. Jesus knew that there was a certain assigned moment in time that he was going to see the miracles manifest out of his life as the son of God, empowered by the spirit of God. So let's just look at some scriptures here. Luke 4 verse 1, just to show that I'm not being... A heretic. Um, then Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And the word led there is actually pushed by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, if Jesus was, at, at that moment, he was still fully God, but he was 100% man. There's, there's a, a theological term called the hypostatic union that'll change your life. You can go Google it, whatever. But it's it really is showing that while Jesus walked on earth, he was 100% God, 100% man, but he, was, he restrained his divinity so he can become a, something of a model to us. Luke 4 verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned to the Galilee, to the Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the entire vicinity. And he was teaching in the synagogues, being praised by everyone. The Bible declares that we have that same spirit inside of us. And collectively, as Paul writes, as the body of Christ, we get to, we get to do the things that Jesus did. And that's, it's, it has to become a game changer on our life because Jesus is, uh, we can look at him and we can look, oh, he's Jesus and he did those things. It's like, yes, but as the body of Christ, empowered by the Spirit of God, following the Spirit of God, following the spiritual disciplines, the way of how Jesus spent time alone with the Father, studied scripture, what else did he have? Solitude, he served, he prayed. As we do these things, we get close to the Father and we get empowered by the Spirit to do the, the specific things on earth that Jesus wants us to do. So this changes our view a little bit that Jesus not only becomes our Savior, which we've heard before, that He saves us, becomes our Lord, which is old language for basically saying that He's in charge. Whatever He says goes, His word says goes. But now He becomes our model. He becomes something we can, we can follow. We can, we can look at Jesus' life. And, and we, we will not carry all the gifts like Jesus did, but we might have one or two. Some will have more. Some will have less. Some will have greater faith in the, in the gift that they have. But we get to, to be, this thing to be awakened inside of us to do the ministry of God on the earth. So I'm going to just grab a little board. I'm going to draw for you a little bit. Actually, Bruce is going to get it for me. So I'm going to draw for you guys quickly. Now, one of the areas that I I'd say I used to be good at drawing, I probably am still, but I just haven't picked it up in years. I did art when I was at school. But anyway, it's one of those things, maybe talking about gifts, God gives certain gifts to people. Some of you are incredibly artistic. That was just for free. Anyway, so here we have, let's just say this is Jesus. Oh, sheesh. Let's put a crown on him. And uh, some little eyes. Bruce knows my, and he's happy because Jesus is happy. He also has ears. And uh, anyway, 
Can you all see that? There we go. Okay. And uh, Paul writes and says that we are the body of Christ. So, man, let's hope I get this body right. <laughs> so out of proportion. There we go. We'll just make him a modern Jesus. Um, as you can see, I wasn't that good at drawing. I was like, <laughs> okay. But let's just say, okay, you have the body of Christ. And I want to read the scriptures just so we can understand this. And I think in pictures, so this did help me. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Just as the body, though one, has many parts, hands behind the back, because hands are the hardest thing to draw, so Jesus' hands are behind his back. Uh, but all its parts are form one body, so it is with Christ. For all are baptized by one spirit to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we're given the one spirit to drink. So you have the head, which is Jesus. I suppose Jesus did have a beard. And then you have different parts of the body. And you have, uh, maybe someone's got a, a gift of prophecy. Maybe someone's got a gift of serving, giving, uh, word of knowledge. I'm just trying to remember some of them. So you don't even know if it says word of knowledge. It's word of doctor's writing, word of knowledge. And you have all these gifts that we are the body of Christ. So we, we don't walk around as like, well, I'm Jesus and I've got, we don't walk around as Jesus and we've got a, a bunch of, uh, we carry all the gifts. It's like, Bruce has gifts, I have gifts, my wife has gifts, some of the leaders have gifts in different areas and we work together because we are part of the body of Christ. The gospel is the, is the feet, it's the moving forward, it's, the, it's evangelism. It's got all these different areas that we get to, to participate and play because we are the body of Christ. There we go, so that even kids can understand that, okay. And like I said earlier, we, we, we can do collectively everything Jesus did beside these three things, being in the Trinity, speaking scriptures into being, and dying for the sins of the world. That is, that is what Jesus did for us, so we can enter into the kingdom of God, so we can enter and be part of this. And like John Wimber says, we get to all get to play and be part of the body of Christ, each bringing our gift to the table. And I think what this does is that it's, it gives everyone incredible purpose. It's you realize when you get saved, that God has given you a purpose, not only within the body of Christ, but in this world, you're called to change the world around you, that you have been, been uh, grafted into the body of Christ and you get God's spirit inside of you and you can carry life wherever you go. And this happens, obviously on salvation, we're baptized into one spirit. Ephesians 5, 18, it says this, and do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the spirit. And the word there is, is present continuous. It's, it's not just a once-off thing that happens. It's, it's throughout your life. And I can tell you, I can mark about five, six, seven times in my life where I've had these clear uh, life-defining moments where the, where the Spirit of God has filled me. And yesterday morning, I was just, uh, my little Raya, my, one of my twins was sleeping. And uh, it's, always, it's always a good thing when the babies sleep for an hour or two. And, uh, but Stella was looking after Rocco and I was meant to be prepping, but I just felt like I just needed to get on my knees and just, just be with Jesus, you know? And I got on my knees and I eventually just lay flat on the carpet in our bedroom and I was in the bed. And I just started to just cry to God and just surrender my heart again, surrender my life again. And you know, the, the, I think the Psalms is just search me and, and, and find if there's any wicked way in me. And you just have these moments where you're just getting before the Father. And something started to happen where I was just like, I, 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 uh, there was like this kind of, only way to describe it, just like this bubbling that kind of came out of my, my belly, which the Bible does speak about. And I just felt like God was infilling me with His Spirit again. It was just this incredible 
moment where, and, and, and he started to speak to me that he says, I'm getting rid of stuff and I'm putting some stuff in. And there was just a whole bunch of things that God is doing in my life. And I ended up going yesterday afternoon for an incredible prayer session with someone. And God, there was just this amazing newness that God is beginning to do in and through my heart and, and through my life. But it happens in this moment. It's this filled by the Spirit. We can only ever walk in the gifts and the ministry of Jesus if we're walking closely to Him and we're being filled by His presence. If, and it's, it's the way it works. We, 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 we abide in the vine, John 15. It says we cannot do anything besides abiding in Jesus. But then there's this gift that God starts to stir inside of you to bring ministry to the church and to the world. So I'm going to end here with the last few little thoughts. So why do we need gifts? Firstly, if we look scripturally, it's how the, the early church operated. And I think uh, modern church is very much based around a pastor, a leader. There's a big focal point. They have to be the jack of all trades. That is not God's plan or purpose. I've realized over the years, my gifting and ability is, is, is not that. I, I cannot be a jack of all trades. And I've had to learn over the years. And it's taken some, some hard knocks and, and moments of having to... I wouldn't call it burnout, but just being like, man, I'm, I'm operating in an area where I shouldn't be operating in. And God starts to just highlight, these are the areas. And when you start to operate in areas, there's a grace that comes with it. So we see that, that the, the New Testament church operated where people were operating in their gifts. Acts 13.1, there's the church in Antioch, which is this model church for the region. And they were sending people out. And it says, in this church, there were prophets and teachers. And that brings us on to Ephesians 4.11. And we grew up, Bruce and I, in a church movement that taught a lot about this. And only realizing now, years later, the incredible importance of this. But Ephesians 4.11 says that Jesus gives equipping gifts to the body of Christ. So these are pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, and what's the prophet? There we go. It's called the fivefold ministry. And these people, not only do they carry these, those gifts in, in an increased way over their lives, but they're there to actually come and equip the body so the rest of the body can operate in those, those gifts in their sphere of influence and where they find themselves. So let's just look at how this outworked in City Light. So we, uh, once a year, we'll have Joel Ramsey, sometimes twice a year. He's our friend from Australia. He is clearly an evangelist. He's got many other giftings that he's operated in, leadership, all of that stuff. But one of his primary giftings is evangelism. So when he comes into City Lights, he stirs up the gift of evangelism. He stirs it up. And sometimes when these, pe these people and these gifts come into our church, it's like, no, it's like in that moment, no other gift ma matters. Okay, so you have Starla's dad, Ash, who's, I believe, got an apostolic gift. And you can just see it from the fruits in his life. He's planted many people out. He's raised up many leaders. That's one of the marks of being apostolic. He's also prophetic. Rob Boiter uh, from Doha Fellowship. Must be praying for them. They're going through a bit of a tough time at the moment. Just be interceding for them, especially around venues. But he's an apostolic man. He's a pastor and apostolic. He's seen, he's planted out many churches. Um, then you have Julian Adams who's come in as a prophetic voice, as a prophet into our church. And as he comes, he, he stirs and he trains and he equips. And uh, then we also have people outside who uh, may have visited City Lights, but we live in an amazing time where we can get, we can learn from so many different people. For example, John and Lisa Vivier, they've come to City Lights. They did a short thing a couple of years ago. Lisa spoke at Starless Ladies Conference. They're, they're a prophetic voice to the church. And... Um, 
And we're about to go into a series in our community groups. And I encourage if you're not part of a community group, it's, it's definitely such a key part of us moving forward. We gather in the big and we, we gather in the small. And it's, we're doing a course called Undercover, which I think is going to be brilliant. But then you're having almost this outside voice coming in that we do know relationally, but they are coming in and they're giving input into our community groups. Why the gifts? And I've said this before, it gives each, per- each person purpose within the body of Christ. And uh, I think people outside of the church community are, are looking for purpose, are looking for something that's going to have some kind of meaning in their life. And we need to be, as a, as a local church, and we're growing in this, we need to become strong in this, is that when people come in, they find Jesus. And once they've had a journey with Him, they, they begin to find their purpose and they walk out in their purpose. Jesus never leaves us as we are. He always shapes us, molds us to be something greater and bigger to impact those around us. Um, and I think a key thing in understanding the gifts is not bringing in comparison. Comparison is pointless in gifting. God is the one who assigns it. For some of you, so you might have someone who's got a teaching gift and it's, and it's a trickle, but it's a teaching gift that they need to be faithful with and they need to dig into the scriptures and they need to teach people. And it might be in a community group, it might be in a church, but then you might have someone who's got like a river of a, of a teaching gift and God will have them preach in front of thousands of people. Um, you also have someone who's, who may have a, a, a trickle of a giving gift. They're like, I don't earn a lot of money, but I feel like God's actually calling me to just contribute to the church, contribute to missions, contribute to that. That's the gift of giving. You feel like every, you view everything from that, from that angle of like, oh, I need to give. So you be faithful to that and God will give you more. But then as that starts to happen, it, it begins to grow and grow and grow. It's a way, and also why do we need gifts? It's a way of reaching the world for Jesus. John 4 clearly shows that Jesus used the gift of prophecy to reach the woman at the well, which ended up saving a whole town. And that's what our friend um, from San Diego is gonna come and teach us a little bit about. They've seen incredible healings on the streets, salvations on the streets, prophetic words, people being set free, deliverance of the demonic on the streets. And, and I want to say, God, would you, would you bring that? Would you bring, uh, Nick, would you bring that, that gifting into our church? You'd impart something into our hearts in that. And also, there's many reasons why we have gifts, but one of them is that we have unity in diversity. That we need each other. We are interdependent. We need each other's gifting. You need the gift of leadership. You need the gift of administration. You need the gift of serving. You need the gift of hospitality. You need, you need all of these gifts working together to build the body of Christ. We are not called all to carry all gifts because that's when you get into this like, weird mentality that you've got everything. But actually, everyone has something to give and to contribute. So I'm praying over this time that uh, we would begin to see the gifts manifest, even over Zoom. Just we have to be creative in this time as long as we cannot meet physically face to face. And then finally, just how does this happen in our lives? And I'd say this is probably the application part. But we need to learn to wait on God. We need to wait on Him. We need to say, ask Him questions. Holy Spirit, what is the gifting that you've given me? And there is gift tests you can do online. And some of them I've done and some of them are accurate, some of them are not so accurate. But I just say the best way you figure out is just is spending time with your Father in heaven and He begins to stir stuff inside of you. And some of you, and I think, that have operated in gifts, God wants to stir it up again in your heart. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, uh, stir the gift that's inside of you when you had the elders lay hands on you and part of this gift. You have to stir it up. It's like, it's, you have to ask God, you have to be faithful in it. You have to step out in faith and prophetic and whatever it is and God starts to give you more.
And finally, this is that you serve until you know. So you serve in all areas. And I can tell you that I've served since I got saved. I've served in every different area, nearly every different area within a church. And you just learn so the, the, the diversity and the bigness of, of the body of Christ. But eventually God's going to start honing. The, as, as God sees you faithful in those areas, He's going to start beginning to hone you in different areas to see the truth of what God has put inside of you and how you meant to contribute not only to this community, but to the world around you. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that it so clearly shows us how we need to follow you, how the gifts operate. We do not want to be uninformed. We don't want to live uh, a subpar Christianity. We don't want to kind of, we want to, we want to have all that you have for us as a community. So Father, I pray that all this talk about new normal, I pray that the new normal of City Lights would be those who are called, gifted, and operating in their giftings within this community and around the world. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you'd raise up men and women to be prophets, teachers, givers, service, people involved in hospitality, all these different gifts that you have given to the body of Christ. As we begin to learn about it, I pray that that it would rise up within people's hearts. In this time, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Please join us next week. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a discussion, some testimonies around the the gifts. Over the next few weeks, you're going to be learning all about this. Have a good week.